0: So today we are beginning the final section of Chapter Two. Chapter Two is entitled Sankhya Yoga, and so it's uh, it deals with that that subject, and that is the subject that Sankhya that is, or the context of, of this chapter, which is knowledge of the. Difference between matter and the soul, and Krishna's speech to Arjuna, his instructions begins with lessons about the, the soul, the difference between consciousness and matter. So the chapter is titled after that section, but as As we mentioned earlier, when we began the study of this chapter some months back, the chapter also consists of a kind of a condensation of the whole Bhagavad Gita. You have to study carefully to, to draw that out. But we found thus far in this chapter that there is a discussion of Dharma, the principle of the Guru is introduced. Arjuna becomes a disciple of Krishna. Sari, one, ten, four, Dharma is discussed. The difference between matter and consciousness is discussed. That began, Sankhya. concept of Karma Yoga, or Nishkam Karma Yoga, working without attachment to the fruits, one's activity, has been introduced. Covert way, bhakti, yoga, has been introduced and appears throughout the chapter. The supremacy of Krishna is also brought out very subtly here and there. And so, in a very general sense, it's kind of a summary of of what's to come, which is appropriate for the beginning of, of the book. And of course, as with all the various beginnings of the Bhagavad-gita. So here they are more or less a condensed presentation. The whole book as an introduction to any book would be that. But I mean by various beginnings we've discussed, begins Dharmakshetra, Purakshetra, and we discussed how the whole Bhagavad-gita in a sense is found in, in that verse. The essence of the Gita is found sanayurubayur later on in the first chapter, that verse means, for those of you that don't remember, Arjuna asks Krishna to bring the chariot forward so that he can see who's present there. And Krishna takes his place as the chariot driver of Arjuna, which the essence of the Bhagavad Gita, devotion causes the Supreme God to become its own servant. Love is supreme. So, uh, and that verse is, of course, followed by Krishna bringing Arjuna before the armies and showing him his attachments, in so many ways, in the first chapter, in the various beginnings, we can say, the whole book is contained, so, similarly here, in the second chapter, in a general sense. And now we come to this last section, which is introduced by a thoughtful question, a series of questions, uh, by Arjuna. All in one verse, the Christian has been talking about those persons who are established in in yoga. Overtly, he's talking about jnanis, and covertly, he's talking about devotees. And, and we, I think, uh, brought that out in previous discussion to some extent. So, having done so fairly elaborately, Arjuna now wants to know. Something about those people who are accomplished in yoga. Krishna has talked about what it means, but Arjuna is asking for something very practical: how to recognize them. So Arjuna vachas Tita Pragnasya Khabhasha samadhi Stasya Keshava Stitadi Kim Prabhase Tad Kim Asita Vaje Kim. So Arjuna says. What, oh are the characteristics of one who's accomplished in meditation and steady in intelligence? How does such a steady person speak? How does he sit? And how does he move? So these are good questions. We hear questions like this uh, these days how to recognize uh, an advanced devotee. And other than the answers here, of course, there are many ways to answer that question, but it, other than ways in which Krishna is answered here, it's important to note that we see things, we can recognize things according to our qualification. So, there has to be something in the seer. instead the of beauty lies in the beholder. So. If I look under the hood of a car, alas <laughs> you'd well, hardly tell me what's there. <laughs> but when he looks he can see everything, prayer colours and what it means and sees the whole car running and so forth. So similarly to recognize even Krishna for that matter, who could be more qualified than Krishna? It takes some qualification. was Fond of saying only a few people, Pandas and a few others, recognized Krishna to be the Supreme God. So it's important to note that uh, in order to recognize such a person, it said, uh, like attracts like, it takes one to know one, but we can't be necessarily a great soul. We don't have to be a great soul to recognize a great soul, but the, the greater we are, in a sense, the more spiritually awake we are, the more we we can recognize. We have at least uh, basic qualifications of, of really wanting to know. In other words, we ask the question, but, but do you want to know? Because if you know, and I say, if it's right there, and you ask me and you trust me, then what will you do? So how much you want to know will be determined by how you react if some such person comes before you or is pointed out to you. So it's incumbent upon us to have some genuine interest. I've said before, as Prabhupada used to say, everyone doesn't need a guru. He used to say only people are very serious about making spiritual progress. Arjuna is certainly serious, and so he's asked the question and Krishna will respond. In his question, however, he wants to know the characteristics of one who is accomplished in meditation and steady in intelligence. So, it should be understood that in order to be accomplished in meditation, one has to be steady in its intelligence. Sometimes in the uh, Bhaktivinoda Bodhisattva, Bhak, as Bhakti Sosya Gautam used like to call our, our group, there's a, a caution. About meditating upon the Leelas of, of Radha and Krishna. I'm sure you've all heard it. Yeah. And other than a kind of a puritanical consideration or a Victorian almost influence, Bhaktisthan Sastra of course, was preaching and Bhaktisthan Tapur at a time when Britain was occupying India and India's spiritual eroticism and its goddesses and you could find their sculptures on on the walls and the fronts of different temples and so forth. And last but not least the Brajalila of Krishna was very shocking to them, difficult for them to understand. And they were influential to the extent that many, many uh, pious and educated Hindus were intimidated by their questioning of this aspect of Hinduism, Hindu spirituality and Vaishnavism. In fact, some of them concluded that the closest thing to the quote-unquote true religion, which of course was considered to be Christianity by them, was Vaishnavism. But it all went to hell when we got to the Bhagavad Purana in the 10th Canto. Mm -hmm. And so-called God was proved to be an immoral man not only did he have relationships with somebody else's wives, but he had 16,108 wives himself. (laughs) So they couldn't understand all these things. And the force of their influence intimidated a large number of the Hindus and various Hindu reform movements sprung up from this, where they, uh, even in asserting Hinduism, standing up for Hinduism, they took out certain elements or brushed away certain elements or called them interpolations and so forth. Of course, our Sempradaya, Bhakti was stood up for the Bhagavatam, Chittanamabhavu's teaching and so forth, and certainly Bhakti Siddhartha Siddhartha Nhatapur, but that being the, their impression their experience of the West, influenced, no doubt, the way in which they would preach about these things. That, and the fact that many people in India did misunderstand such a high thing as Radha Krishna's leela. So nowadays, of course, things have changed quite a bit, and the Krishna book or, or the, the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam would hardly be a, considered a racy novel. People wouldn't get to confused that reading that it was wasn't something that was spiritual it's less likely I would think but as I say my point is that other than those reasons for cautioning there's a practical consideration also and here it's brought out in Arjuna's question he wants to know what if someone who's accomplished in meditation is like and he also qualifies that someone who's accomplished in meditation must be steady in their intelligence. So the point is that meditation, anyone can sit and think about something or try not to think about something and try to focus their mind and call it meditation. But actually, that's not really what we mean by meditation. It may be in a very rudimentary sense, in a very basic sense. And we encourage everyone to try to think of Krishna. All of our devotees to remember Krishna. To think of Krishna's pastimes, Krishna's form, Krishna's qualities, and so forth. These things are in the scripture. How you will think about them. We're researching, reading about them. We're devotees of Krishna, so we should know where was Krishna born, how old was Krishna when he did this, how old was Krishna when he did that? Who are Krishna's friends? Who was Krishna's father? Who was Krishna's mother? And researching the literature. And studying it like that, that is a very kind of entry level of Smaranam. And that's very practical for all of us. We do Shravanam, Kirtanam, Smaranam. These are the three principal arms or limbs of the ninefold bhakti enunciated by Prahlad in the Bhagavatam that the Bhagavatam emphasizes. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Smarnam. So, we're not against Smarnam, we're not against meditation, but we want to stress that meditation to really do effectively requires some purification of the heart. Kirtan doesn't, hearing doesn't. You can hear something, you can do Kirtan, and uh, you don't have to have uh, a pure heart. But to sit down and meditate, then Pure heart means, well, you haven't got as many desires. Those are the things that make you get up. That's what makes you move. So, to the extent that they're cleansed away, we can sit peacefully, the mind can concentrate. It's very practical. And Bhagavad Gita emphasizes this uh, over and over again in these first six chapters. So, steady intelligence in the context of our school of Vedanta, our School of Vaishnavism. <coughs> teaching it. Rupa Goswami teaching What is that steady intelligence called? Who can say? Mishta. Mishta. Steady intelligence. So, doesn't mean that you have to have a high IQ. It means that your practice, your spiritual practice, your sadhana, is guided by intelligence to the extent that, in spite of the minds or the senses' movement away from the practice by intelligence, we keep them focused, the practice continues. This is a very, of course, basic idea of Nishtha. So the extent to which we forego the material sense objects and focus ourselves on our practice this is Nishta. and according to Bhagavatam, this Nishta is such that Nastapayeshu Vadvishu nityam Bhagavat Seva, Bhagavati Uttamash Loghi, Pakti Bhavati All so many base uh things, you know, distractions, nartas are you know, removed from our heart. Practice becomes steady day and night, constant. So what's implied here is that this kind of Vyabhaseyatmi Kabu here, as the term was used earlier in this chapter itself, when Krishna began his discussion about another kind of Dharma, Sanatan Dharma, and ultimately Prema Dharma. He said, Vyabhaseyatmi Kabu kuru hakuru What did Vishwanachakurti Thakur say about that? He explained, Guru Bhakti. Guru Bhakti, what did he say? He said, what Prashadha? Yasya Prashada He quoted his own stanza, eighth stanza of Guru Vastakam. What is the meaning? Yasya Prashada, Bhagavat Prashada, Prashada If by pleasing the spiritual master, Krishna becomes pleased. And without pleasing the spiritual master, there's no possibility of pleasing Krishna. He said, This is the Abhisayatmika now, he didn't elaborate there. He said, oh, and then, uh, the spiritual master teaches us to hear and chant, and I pray to become attached to all those things. His instructions, as Prabhupada said, worship of the Guru is not just a festival of fruits and flowers, but it's dedication to the words of the Guru, putting them into practice and so forth. Vishmanat Chakvati Thakur emphasized those things, but let me explain something about this stanza. Yesya prashada, Prabhavata Prashada, it Prashada This is Babhasyatmika Buddhi in the truest sense of the term of bhakti. atmika Buddhi means again fixed intelligence. So one point. In Mahabharata there's a nice story of how the Pandavas were trained to Be archers by Dronacharya. Drona was their military guru. So one day they were called by Drona, and he had placed a decoy of a bird in the top of a tree. And so he called the five brothers in, and he lined them up and said, "Okay, go forward." I don't recall the order, but arbitrary orders, do this dear, take aim. So he took aim and Drona said, what do you see? He said, I see the sky, I see the tree, I see the branches, I see the bird, and I see the eye of the bird. What the order of Drona was, they were to shoot the eye of the bird. So... I said, sit down. Next. Bhima came. Look up. Take What do you see? I see the tree. I see the branches. I see the bird. I see the eye. Sit down. Nakula kam. Take aim. What do you see? I see the branches. I see the bird. I see the eye of the bird. Sit down. Sahadev, come. Take aim. What do you see? I see the bird. I see the eye of the bird. Sit down. Arjun. Arjun took his place. He aimed. Take aim, Arjun. Arjun was, of course, the best student of Drona in terms of archery. And he asked, What do you see? He said, I see the eye of the bird. He said, Do you see anything else? No, Gurudev. Do you see the sky? No. Do you see the tree? No. Do you see the branches? No. Do you see the bird? No. Just the eye? Yes, just the eye. Shoot, he said. So, this is the the avasayatnikabhi. We have to know where we want to go, to go there. We have to focus our attention. The more we can focus our attention on our goal, then... More impetus we will have to pursue it if it is indeed worthy, and the goal of Krishna consciousness is most worthy. Mister means we know what is the goal. Our deity is chosen. We know what is our aim, and then our practice is kind of centered around that. But why yasya prasādad bhagavat prashadu yasya prasharanagati kutopi? His guru-bhakti is secondary. If you can't do bhakti... I remember I met one, uh, one fellow, he called himself a janani. Janani. <laughs> janani yoga. And I was talking with him <laughs> quite some few years back. And he was saying he was attracted to janani yoga. And uh, he said, but yeah, there's some bhaktis also in our ashram. said, the ladies, they just love the guru. He so, said, so they have guru-bhakti, that's bhakti. It was a, kind of a lower thing. It might have been, but uh, anyway, then I explained some things and I spoke for some time with some enthusiasm about bhakti, shuddha-bhakti, and then he said, you know, for bhakti, you sure got a lot of janani. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's real bhakti. Prema-bhakti vinash avidjavinashya. So if prema-bhakti, who has prema can vinash destroy ignorance, then knowledge must be present in that kind of bhakti. That bhakti is pregnant with knowledge. It has as its foundation, adivai But taka Bhaktisaranta said, bhajan, you may not even be able to do bhajan in this life. I don't want to discourage anyone. It's a gradual process. To do bhajan, means you have to have some qualification. Sit, practice, know where you're going, and go there. Visit there and come back, visit there and come back, until you go there and don't return. Don't be discouraged by that. Bhaktisattva Saraswati Thakur himself said, don't be too concerned about sitting in a solitary place and doing bhajan in this lifetime. Do." Practically, under good guidance, what you can do. Engage according to your capability. And every other level that is there to attain, that will be attained. This is not a forced process. Don't try to force your way there. Go naturally, happily. Don't be lazy. Don't neglect. But don't try to go where you don't have the qualification to go. You may aspire to go, and know how to go. He said, Bhajan is performed on the uh, ground of Advayan Tattva. Udvayan tattva. This is the statement of Bhagavatam in regards to the nature of the absolute truth. This is the most important verse of the Bhagavatam in terms of its explanation of tattva. That and one other line, what is that line? Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Paribash Sloka, Jiva Goswami it's the key to unlocking the treasure of the Bhagavatam. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam and adva-gyan-tatva, what is the whole verse? Śrīla? tat tat vidas so not just anybody, but those who are tattvavit, who know the tattva, they have said this, that the Absolute Truth is advai-gyan-tattva, non-dual consciousness. And it appears in three phases, three phases, three moments of eternal time, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagwan. Parameti, paramatmaiti iti And Bhagavan is mentioned third, so save the best for the for the last. Save the sweet for the end of the meal. This is an important shloka, <laughs> important advice. So Bhagawan means the Lord with lila, Anandamaya, Anandamaya upyaasak, full face of joy. So. If Godhead is joyful, Godhead must be cognizant and must exist. In other words, we can have existence that's not cognizant, but you can not have cognizance that doesn't exist. If the Absolute is cognizant, it must exist. Then you can have a cognizant existence that's not blissful, but if the Absolute is blissful, then it must exist and must be cognizant. So there are these different faces. Of the Absolute, and they appear. Actually, God is one, not by Gan but he appears in these three different ways to three different kinds of transcendentalists who approach him. To the Ganis, he appears as Brahman. To the Yogis, he appears as Paramatma. To the Bhaktis, he appears as Bhagavan. The point of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarshritapur is that real bhajan. Is done on the plane of Advaijyan tattva, non dual consciousness, non dual knowledge, it means, means. It begins above duality. We may do something before that, but strictly speaking, we don't call it bhajan. We can do things that will promote our uh, life of bhajan as we become qualified and Two things which will qualify us to come to the platform doing budget, all in the context of bhakti, hearing, chanting, some research-type remembering and basic kind of remembering. We can do try to do pratyahara, that means withdraw from the sense objects, dharana, We can try to concentrate. But meditation, pratyahar dharana, Tibbu Goswami gives dhyan. After dharana comes dhyan. Dharana means to concentrate. Dhyan means to meditate. Druvam means deep druv anusmriti fixed remembrance and samadhi. He's given this description. Out smaran can be nam smarana. Jiva Goswami has also given a development. Nam smaran, rupa smarana, gunas smarana, lilas smaran. So why should we necessarily jump to Lila smarana? Do nam smarana. Nam smaran means japa. You sit, be peaceful, chant japa. It's not, you know, 70 miles an hour on the road. <laughs> this is not the idea of the japa, driving. <laughs> you can chant anytime, but to do japa is really the limb of smarn. Our dhyan, our, our mantra dhyan, three times a day, that is smarna. So, if you do these things. If you do these things properly, you can concentrate. There will come a time in the context of doing your nam japa. Mantrajapa, Kirtan, also. There will come a time when, in the context of that, you will envision a particular form of the Lord. Goswami has explained these things. A particular form of the Lord which corresponds with your inner identity. The form of the Lord, particular form. You may be standing next to Radha. Let us find Bhagavana. Or in other mellows of devotion, he has many shades of appearance. There's a difference. How he may dress with some than with others. How he may appear, what mudra he may have in his appearance relative to your inner nature that's to be brought out. So a particular form will appear. You can meditate on that form. When you envision that in your Nam Smarnam or in Kirtan, when this comes naturally to you, spontaneously to you, what will you do? You will go and ask your Guru, is this the one that you were talking about? He looked like this. He had a buffalo horn around his uh, shoulder and stick. He was uh, dressed in saffron cloth, yellow cloth, so, so many things. Then he would say, Oh. That way he appeared to you. Hmm. So you will relate to him in this way, then he will have to facilitate that. He says, yes, you can meditate on that one. That's the one. That's the one for you. And then as you continue to do that in your japa, then certain guna, certain qualities of Krishna that are relative to particular relationship with Krishna will become prominent. Sixty-four qualities of Krishna have been given by Rupa Goswami. Rupa Goswami gave about eighty-four qualities of Krishna. So he has unlimited qualities, but certain ones have been singled out. And those qualities are also, they appear prominent to different devotees who have different types of relationships with the Lord. So certain qualities will start to become attractive. As you become attracted to a particular form of the Lord, particular qualities of the Lord, what's happening is, your particularity is coming out. Your identity is found in Krishna. You understand? And from Gunasmarnam, then, then naturally that, that Lord who has certain Leelas, the Leelas will become manifest. Leelasmarnam, and you can sit down now and do rajan nicely. All this is part of... Real, real bhajan natural progression. So my point is that one point is that there's something practical to this idea. Many people can read so many books and find that information about Krishna, Krishna lila, and so forth, and talk about it on the internet or, or whatnot. But maybe sit and, and try to do some meditation. But they have many things on their mind, many things to do, and and this is not really the I- real idea of lila smaran. That's what. In one sense that Bhakti Siddhartha Siddhartha was talking about, not that you shouldn't try or uh, in some respect remember the pastimes. People will say to you, what is this? You don't do this morning. We're told to remember Krishna all the time. You don't want to remember Krishna's pastimes? We say, no, we do. We study Bhagavatam. We're trying to learn about all, of, all about Krishna's pastimes, inside out and backwards. We're trying to learn about them. This is the stage of our this morning. We're studying very carefully in this way. But no, I'm not qualified to sit down like Guru Goswami and do what really is realest at this time. Don't be shy to admit, don't be intimidated. Oh, you cannot do that. Your guru hasn't shown you how to do that yet. You say no. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in good time. It's not a cheap thing. But I do as my guru has instructed me prashadu, nāgati I'm sure about that. And this is Vyavasyatni bhūdhi. Why is it so? Why is this fixing the aim on the eye of the bird? Because Krishna is not our goal. Krishna is not our goal. Love of Krishna is our goal. And where do we find love of Krishna? We find love of Krishna in the devotee of Krishna. And the Guru represents for us a particular kind of devotion in Vrindavan, in Braj. And it's more important for us to meditate on that than it is to meditate on Krishna. There's Krishna, the Vishaya and there's the devotee, Ashraya Langana. Of bhakti. Vishayalam bhunabhibhav, You have to have these two they have rasa. Object of love and the shelter of that love, the vessel of that love. Krishna is the object of love, the devotee, Radha, Lalita Sakhi, Rupa Manjari. They are the vessel of a particular kind of love. subal is the vessel, of a particular kind of love. Nanda Baba. Just show them my vessel of a particular kind of love. And Gurudeva is representing a particular kind of love. May represent all kinds of love. Just like a governor. Let's say I'm the senator of California, but then I become the president. As a president I represent all the states. But still I have my own particular sympathy for California. And some people will vote for me from California, from the home state, and they'll have a particular Liking for me, and even when I leave the position of presidency, I go back to California and live with them. But as the president, and I represent all the states, I can reciprocate accordingly. I can have a Texas feeling, I can have an Illinois feeling, a New York feeling, a feeling for New York, a feeling for <laughs> all these different states. So, it's like I would go Sami. He wrote a book, to Sindhu. So he's taking the position of president there. He's coming down from his own preoccupation to take a neutral position to represent everything. So he wrote and he wrote about Sakirasa, he wrote about different kinds of Sakiras, he wrote about Dasiras, he wrote about Vaidhi-bhakti, he wrote about Ragnam Bhakti, he wrote about, about Shingaras, Batsali everything. But still he has his place. Ujwalnil Mani, the sequel to Bhaktura Sammaktasun, there he writes all about his own position in Krishna Lira. So, this way the guru comes from a particular position, he's affiliated in a particular way, but he, he represents all. And depending on the nature of the recruiting, wide recruiting, then he may recruit from so many tastes, so many types. And then he position be positioned other places appropriately, at times, and some may be in his group, and stay in in that group. And that is best, that is best for us, to be affiliated with a guru, relative to our own particular nature, that we will thrive best in that situation. But it's not, we shouldn't think it's a problem. Once I told Puri Maharaj, I said, that Srila had said, that Prabhupada, our Guru Mahārāj, Bhaktivedanta Sāmi Prabhupada, had affinity for Sakyarāsa. He spoke wonderfully about it, and it was his definite opinion, personal opinion. He gave other ways to think of it for persons who didn't like to think of it like that, but it was his personal opinion. And after that, some people complained. Some people who were in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, they complained and said, What's this? He's uh, criticizing Prabhupada, saying he's only in the uh, sakirasa. So this criticism came from this. And Tridamard heard that and he said, "What is that? They think it is a bad thing. I thought it was rather a compliment. And what do they think sakirasa is? But they weren't the only ones to misunderstand. Some people on Tridamard's side who affiliated with him." then they would preach that Prabhupada is only the So if you want Madhuri Rasa, then you have to do this. You have to, you have to be connected in this way. Sridhar Maharaj, and you have to call Prabhupada Swami Maharaj, <laughs> instead of Prabhupada or Prabhupada or whatever it is. Finished are everywhere. It's not just because you're affiliated with a great Guru that suddenly you become great. Each side of the fence has its problems, misconceptions and so forth. And about that second sector, I once brought it up to Puri Maharaj, this was years, years later, but I had the occasion to talk with him and I showed him one nice poem that Prabhupada had written where he expressed sentiments of Sakya Rasa that Sr. Marsh commented on elaborately, his poem on the is very beautiful, and I said to Puri Marsh, when you heard those two particular stanzas where Prabhupada speaks of yearning for going into the forest with Krishna and rolling in the in the Vrindavan forest, and herding cows and so forth. And then he said, but of course, you don't know what he was thinking at the time. And he kind of tried to play it down a little bit. And I said, anyway, Marj. I was wondering that some devotees have said, that, oh, Prabhupada is only uh, in the Sakyarasa, and if you're in the Rasa, then it's, if that's your nature, then it's a problem for you. And then he laughed, and he said, Baba, he said, <laughs> <laughs> you get a guru who's situated in Sakibav. don't think you've got a problem. <laughs> don't think that's a problem. I didn't think it was a problem. Either. There are so many gurus out there. And where they're situated we don't know. Arjuna asked this question to try to figure that out. But if, they, if he's got that, you're in good hands. If any if any uh, alteration of your suit of clothes, spiritual clothes has to take place, you can send you to the altar. It's no, not a problem. No adjustment can be made if necessary. But who needs such adjustment? Who's even that interested, that even qualified? They may think about it, talk about it, but what is the qualification? And the fact of the matter is, if you're actually qualified for such adjustment in a situation like that, See, it's not a problem. Real advancement in Krishna consciousness, you never feel there's a problem. If you're advancing in Krishna consciousness, then you don't feel that there's a problem. It's not a fear based, something's missing, you feel satisfied. Gopu Kumar went many places, many lokas in Brigad Padma Tamrita. He found he was dissatisfied in some place and moved on, but he wasn't having a problem. He was happy as he progressed. Naturally. And when there's a need for adjustment, and adjustment was made, all arrangements were made for him. We should qualify ourselves on this side and on that side, the higher side, all arrangements would we made. So, yes, yat prashada, the This is yavasayatmi kabuti, and this is stitadi, uh, fixed intelligence. This is, as I said, putting aim on the eye of the bird, not the bird, not the tree, not the sky, not the clouds. If we can focus on bhakti to Krishna, a particular kind of bhakti, love for Krishna, this should become clear in the stage of Nishtha. What kind of bhakti? Within Suddha-bhakti? Within Braja-bhakti? Who is my deity? What form of Krishna? All these things come naturally. we we'll see the Guru in light of that? That'll be our focus, more than on Krishna. I read something someone said, that someone sent me, questioning that, what is this idea about the Guru, and only through the Guru you can serve Krishna? Sounds like, I heard us a lot of times, but I'm starting to wonder about that. Is that really Krishna conscious? After all, we're... Why Aren't we supposed to have a direct relationship with Krishna? And this sounds, the language that we use is something like disempowering. It sounds a little bit disempowering, and I don't think we want anything to do with that. <laughs> so, actually, the fact of the matter is, no, we don't have a direct relationship with Krishna, and Krishna consciousness is not about having a direct relationship with Krishna. We should use our good intelligence to study all these scriptures and these Goswami grantas and and hear from sadhus so we know really what Krishna Consciousness is. You want to become friend of Krishna? Okay. You take one. Sudam, he has thousands of associates, thousands of servants. If they come in the morning for the waking of Krishna some joking, milking the cows, some sweets. They go home. They take the bath, they have thousands of servants, a Sudam, Sridam, Subal, dressing them, decorating them, assisting them. Their own breakfast is made. These are the portions of Krishna, krishna surupshakti. shakti Then they come back again to meet Krishna, we're going out and hurting. So we hear about this. This one, that one, Sridam, Subhala, Krishna, and Madhurya Rasa, we hear so many different gopis there are hundreds, and each one has thousands of maidservants and thousands of servants and friends. And we'll be serving those devotees. And now Gurudev, in that camp somewhere, Bhaktivinoda Thakura says, every now and then at a the distance I saw her. Radha. Coming in the proximity of Krishna means coming in touch with all these things. This is Krishna consciousness. Why Radharani could not be satisfied with Krishna's invitation at Kurukshetra come with me to Dwarka? There's no Jamuna there, there's no Govardhan, there's no even Jatila. Putila, opposing elements, mother-in-law, sister-in-law, Jeshoda, Nanda Maharaj, this bond, that bond, Vrindavan, all these things, Krishna's friends, all these are part of the, uh, the great drama of Krishna's Rajalila. So coming in touch with Krishna means coming in touch with all of these things. That's why once uh, Srila explained that in Gaudiya Samparadaya, put It nicely, we are not interested in the bhakti of Mira. Bai was a great Krishna bhakta of sorts, and she wrote many songs and so forth. But he explained it in none of her songs do we hear anything about anybody but Krishna. There's no mention of Nanda, or Radha, or this friend, that friend, and so forth. Just her and Krishna. He said, So according to our Understanding from Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Sanatha Goswami, Aguru Parampara. This is not the experience of Krishna that we are interested in. Vaishnav Dasanudas. Shinabarsh once called me just to tell me from downstairs up. He said, you should understand, he said, Krishna consciousness is indirect. It's not direct. He said, Vaishnav Dasanudas first there is Krishna, then there is the Vaishnav, Vaishnava Das, Das Anudas, and then ours is in the fifth position. We will take the fifth position. This is Krishna consciousness. More we become a servant, the closer we come to Krishna. So no, it is not like that, that the Guru is something to dispense with and gets in the way of our experience of Krishna. The real Guru represents the actual experience, the very nature of love for Krishna. And again, where is Krishna? What is Krishna? Who is Krishna? Krishna is in the hearts of his devotees. The heart of the devotee corresponds with Krishna. Acintya Veda Veda. There's no difference. Krishna is responding to the heart of his devotees. So he is the heart of the devotee. Therefore, yasya bhagavata prasada. This is where to put our focus. It's very practical. By doing that we can get Krishna consciousness. So here Arjuna asks the question, and in asking the question he says these things, that one accomplished in meditation, whose characteristics he wants to know about, must be also one who is steady in his intelligence. So meditation is not, uh, there's a practical side to why we say, oh, don't do Leela Smarnam. We may say don't do Shravanam Kirtanam. We may say do scrubbing them and mopping them. <laughs> and then Shravanam, then Kirtanam. There should be Shravanam and Kirtanam throughout, but we want the water to come from our eyes, but we might want it to come from other pores first. I'd make some effort to serve Krishna. Live entirely of your senses that your body is constituted. And that will bring your mind around. Gradually, when the mind can become steady in the beginning way, then uh, steady enough to <coughs> avoid sense objects, then there can be concentration, then there can be actual dhyana, meditation, you can go deep, vana smriti, samadhi. So Arjuna wants to know about one who's in samadhi, that's what Krishna's been talking about. He says, who is accomplished in meditation, so who's in samadhi, and means whose intelligence is, is fixed. And then he says, how does he sit? Or how does he talk? How does he sit? How does he walk? So talk means how does he respond to others? Sit. How does he withdraw from the world? And walk. How does he interact with the world? This is the idea. And Krishna will uh, first, in verses 55 and 56, answer Arjuna's question in a general way about the characteristics of such a person. And then he will in order answer the question specifically how he talks, how he sits, how he walks. And in the course of his explanation, he brings us to the end of this chapter. And what we find in this section is a beautiful summary of the ideal person that Krishna wants Arjuna to be, which is called a devotee. So there are many, many things that make up what is a devotee, and then these things will be unpacked, so to speak, in chapters 3, 4, 5, and 6, talking about karma yoga and its efficacy and its fruit, jnana yoga, karma samnyas. when we reach a position of knowledge. Knowledge doesn't mean just information, it means realization self-knowledge, reach a stage of self-knowledge that we can refrain from certain activities that will get in the way of those things that will now help the fostering of the culturing of self-knowledge. Practices like meditation so that one can actually do at that stage. So karma sannyas means giving up certain activities. And Krishna then brings of course fifth chapter, sixth chapter he comes to those practices themselves, dhyana, and in the context of discussing the dhyana Yoga, found the bhakti, and stresses bhakti. And so, what's found here in this uh, last section, again, is unpacked in the following chapters. And we come to the end of this first six chapters and we understand really everything that it means, in a sense, to be a devotee. And then, devotion itself is discussed, the theology of the Gita in this middle six. Chapters. A ways from there. Getting ahead of ourselves. Let's read um, Krishna's first two answers. Well, in these uh, descriptions, Krishna appears to be speaking about Brahman-realized souls. And so, if we we study carefully, we see he's actually talking about bhakti in a covert way. And this comes out where he mentions the object of meditation to be himself. First it says, Lord, speak Sri Bhagavanu Acha, prajahati yada kaman sarvan pārto manogatam, atmani evat manathushta, sthita prajnastaruchate.